Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. Just a reminder, you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at John Middlecoff to get notified when I go live. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Happy NFL season. It's back. Game tonight. Let's roll. Chiefs, Lions. If I would have told you a couple years ago the Lions would have opened up, you wouldn't have believed me. But then Dan Campbell happened, and the Lions are playing the defending champs at Arrowhead. So here's the plan. We will dive into some of the news of the day Nick Bosa signed. I will pick some of the division winners and my Super Bowl pick. And we will also do a mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. Very, very easy to do. At John Middlecoff, fire in those DMs. And the game plan will be, we did a podcast Monday with Colin. We did a podcast Tuesday and Wednesday with me. This podcast Thursday, we will have another podcast Friday. So a lot of NFL content. We are working. Got bills to pay here, baby. Podcasts to do. So this will be, we'll have another podcast on Friday. With Stucky from the Action Network, we'll be back. We'll be picking some games, uh, give some takes, react to the Thursday night game. So a lot of content out there. Check the feed. A lot of podcasts up. Yeah, let's let's get excited. We got Deion Sanders Saturday. We got the NFL Sunday. Alabama, Texas. Football's back. It, it doesn't get any better than this. You, you could literally not move off the couch, order food from Saturday morning through Sunday night. And if you work from home, right until Monday night football, which is Bill's Jets. Doesn't get much better than that. Sneaky like the Jets a lot this year. Let's dive into the pod. But before we dive into any football talk, do you want to go to a football game? Because if you do, I got you covered. If you go to your smartphone, you go to your iPad, and you download the Game Time app. They just happen to be the official ticketing app of this podcast and the fastest-growing ticketing app in America. You want to go to a college game. You, you live in the, the West. You want to go watch Prime. You want to go watch Shador and Travis Hunter play football. I do. I, I know that. Well, here's what you do. You download the Game Time app, 
and you find the pair of tickets you want. They got interactive ticketing map and use the promo code John. That's J-O-H-N. And that's gets you $20 off. So use the promo code John when you sign up for a pair of tickets. My girlfriend's friend last night went to Drake. She, he was in Phoenix. Got like front row seats. How'd they get them? Game time. They download the game time app. They typed in the promo code John. $20 off. No big deal. I don't even need to thank you. Just use that promo code. Go to a concert. Go to a game. And enjoy yourself. Have fun and do it on me. Do it on game time. And uh, and yeah, have a good time. Okay, let's start with the news of the day. Nick Bosa officially signs a historic contract. I, th- I think there are a lot of different elements to this. First and foremost, as a head coach, as a GM, as a franchise, all you're looking to do is find Nick Bosa's. Now, for the 49ers, it was relatively easy. They drafted him at number two. Right, The Cowboys, a little more complicated. They got Micah Parsons at 12. The Steelers got T.J. Watt in the 20s. But however you have to, and typically you got to draft these guys. They're not available in the free agent market. You get these guys, you keep them. You extend them. And currently in 2023, they are very, very expensive. And that's just the cost of doing business. Because you never feel bad paying a premium for a premium. And when it comes to Nick Bosa, when it came to Aaron Donald forever, when it comes to T.J. Watt and Micah Parsons, you don't have a choice. You treat them like quarterbacks. They ask for a lot, and you give a lot. And as long as they stay healthy, which it's football, it's out of all of our control, right? As long as they are on the field, they're going to dominate. And you want as many guys like Nick Bosa on your team as humanly possible. So the 49ers got very, very lucky that Josh Rosen was a royal bust and was terrible and the Cardinals were in shambles and that they drafted Kyler Murray number one overall. And it led them to Nick Bosa, which is the easiest draft pick they'll ever make because not in a million years would they trade Nick Bosa straight up now for Kyler Murray. And the Cardinals would make that trade so fast your head would spin. But that's the reality of drafts. Like sometimes great players go at two or one and sometimes they go at 15. But once you get that great player, you don't have a choice. You pay him. And because of the gap between the previous guys that signed, you know, Aaron Donald, he just got, he didn't get an extension. He got a raise on a contract that was ongoing, right? And he got guaranteed money. Chris Jones, same thing. He wants added guaranteed money to a contract that already exists. Joey Bosa, TJ Watt, they got big contract extensions. And their numbers were right around 100, give or take, uh, TJ's was a little less, but Joey's was a little over 100 in guaranteed dollars. And these players, like we've talked so much about some of these players holding out, mainly the running backs, being mad they were underpaid. They don't have any leverage because every single team agrees, even when you're an awesome player, I can replace you with several people for maybe 80% of your production for an eighth of the price. And that constantly happens. But when you play left tackle, right tackle, pass rusher, defensive tackle, once you become an all-pro level guy, you got the leverage. You're not going to make as much as quarterbacks, but you got the leverage in the sense of that team needs you. It's why when Khalil Mack was traded years ago, it was so shocking. No one trades all-pro pass rushers in their mid to early 20s. That doesn't happen. And you extend these guys, you build around them, and the cost of doing business as it was with Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack years ago, we're approaching that $100 million number. Now Nick Bosa gets to that $122 million number, and next year Michael Parsons will eclipse that. But the key to these contracts to me, 
Because I think they're often spoken about on social media and through reporters and just through the agents on the yearly value. And I'll never forget a buddy of mine, Bobby Wigington, who I lived with in San Francisco when I moved back from Philly to San Francisco. He's He went to a, a Ivy League school. He played baseball there. He's a very, very successful finance guy. And when I moved back and I was scouting the West Coast, I lived with Bobby. And Bobby had just bought a sweet pad in the city. This is back when San Francisco was thriving in 2012. And he he just took a brand new job in the finance industry. And he fought for this title. He wanted to be a vice president so bad. And he got there and he realized a couple months in his bonus structure sucked. Because all he cared about was on the front of his office, he wanted the VP title. He's like, I, you could have called me, an, looking back, I should have just, you could have called me an intern. Give me the sweet bonus structure. I could sign you to a five-year, $200 million contract. If I only guarantee 40 of it, who actually cares? Everyone is obsessed with, well, he made 30, 31, 35. All the quarterbacks, he's making 45. How much guaranteed dollars did you make? That's all that matters. That's the substance behind this all. So when I hear $170 million is what he got, the 122 number is what matters because this is not Major League Baseball. You are not paid on a yearly basis $40 million, then $42 million, and then $43 million, or the NBA. NFL contracts are not structured that way. Nick Bosa got a $50 million signing bonus. You are paid in bonuses, in roster bonuses. In the cash flow in NFL contracts is dramatically different than the other team sports. It's why all these guys go to war over the guaranteed money. Because at every position, really beside quarterback, injury is such a risk. And at any moment, your career can end or definitely be derailed. And the moment a team has the out with guaranteed money slash the contract, they will pivot off you when you diminish. So fighting for that guaranteed money basically puts you on scholarship as a roster spot, even when shit goes sour. But if you're playing well, which ideally you sign Nick Bosa, TJ Watt, all these guys, you hope they're going to play to the third contract, like Aaron Donald, right? But I think in this situation, Bosa had unique leverage. His team is trying to win a Super Bowl. He's their team's best player. Definitely the best combination of talent and youth. You could argue Trent Williams is their best player, but he's 35 years old. I mean, Nick Bosa ideally has five to eight really good years left. Like, he has a long runway of kicking ass and taking names. So he could be treat like he's already made a lot of money because he was drafted number two overall. The threat of missing games was real. He pushed this to, you know, four days before their opening game. And that rattled them because the 49ers have never signed a big contract relative to the recent big contracts. The most guaranteed money they'd ever given out was in 2018 when they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. And they gave him $70 million. They have dramatically benefited from George Kittle, plays tight end. They're not that expensive. Fred Warner, plays linebacker, doesn't cost you that much. These guys are elite players, all pro guys. Fred Warner's the best linebacker in the league. They guaranteed him under $30 million, which I think is kind of bullshit, but that's the going rate for that position. Because, you know, in theory, like, I found you in the third round, I found another starting linebacker in the fourth round. I disagree. I, I always think line, middle linebackers, Fred Warner, Luke Keekley, the elite guys are undervalued. I'd have no problem paying that guy $20, $25 million. But pass rushers are not. They get paid boatloads of money. And Nick knew it. And his it, it's based on precedent. That's the way contracts work, and we've talked about that forever. Sometimes it's not, though. Sometimes when you're at a different level, like 
you go to some of these real estate markets, you go to Malibu, you go to Manhattan. I see it here in Paradise Valley in Scottsdale. Like the, the the recent home that sold six months ago is like, I don't care. This is the one selling for 10. That one sold for seven. If you want this bad boy, it's 10. And you get it. And that's how quarterbacks have always operated. I don't really give a shit what happened in the past. This is what I want now. And that's where I think pass rushers have some juice. And the next version of a Trent Williams level player who's a left tackle or, or right tackle, I guess, if you're Lane Johnson, who's in his mid-20s, should do the same thing. Because he's every bit as worth... 30 a year and 120, 130 guaranteed. It's hard to get to that quarterback number, but you should be right behind him and in a different stratosphere than every other position. And I, I think Nick Bosa, clearly, there are a lot of factors. Net income, like he plays in California. It's very expensive to not only live there, but the tax structure. So I would imagine a huge part of their negotiation was about net money, net income. How much are we actually taking home? Right. And they're like, let's face it, we just saw a historic amount of inflation in America the last couple of years. And you factor in the salary caps gone up. Like, I, I think they held strong because in a perfect world, the Niners would be like, hey, last contract, highest contract ever is like 105. Here's 112. Pfft. Yeah, that, that's not happening here. Most powerful thing you can ever say in any business is no. And I think Nick Bosa did a great job of just consistently saying no. And even though he, quote unquote, won this, as long as he's on the field, the Niners win, too. When you sign greatness, everyone wins. You, you you can't overpay Steph Curry. You can't overpay Aaron Donald if they're on the field kicking ass. You can't overpay Patrick Mahomes. You can't overpay great. So the only question mark I have moving forward with this contract, with this player, and with this franchise, as long as he's healthy. And it, the family, Nick too, Nick, Joey, they, they battled some injuries over the years. But beside that, you don't worry about his conditioning. You don't worry about the way his game is aged. Honestly, he should only get better. Uh, you don't worry about his focus and his love of football and how hard he plays. He's everything you want in a great player. Uh, so it's just it's just going to be about health. And if he plays, if he averages 16 games for the next four years, I'd argue this is a discount. <laughs> you won't think twice how much you're paying him. And he'll see every penny of that enormous contract. And like I said, I don't think the Niners had a choice. Because I, I, I think fans, once you start winning, and you saw this with Belichick forever, uh, I think you see this now with the Eagles. And I definitely see this with the 49ers. Like, you're allowed to completely screw up. They drafted Trey Lance. That's a terrible decision. That trade was an utter disaster. But it's like they keep rattling off playoff wins. So everyone's like, whatever, <laughs> move on. Brock Purdy, buckle up, let's roll. And that's the way the NFL works. Y you lean with the team when you're having success. The moment, like, no one questions any NFL team not having money. So it's it's one thing in baseball, like, the Oakland A's, they're just they're not going to spend. They don't make any money. They, and a lot of teams are like that. Like there's a lot of franchises that just will not spend. So you're like, I, that guy's going to end up on the Cardinals. That guy's going to end up on the Phillies or the Yankees. It's just you kind of acknowledge that once you get a great play. In the NFL, the Bengals, it's like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, they're going nowhere. We're paying them every penny. So there's never an argument over you have the money because we know you have the money. We see how much money every franchise on a yearly basis makes from the media deal on top of the money a franchise like the 49ers makes from suites, makes from everything separate from the television and the games, right? They, they make a ton from the games that they control. So it's no one's going to be like, Jed could have saved $5 million. That, that goes out the window on this. Pay the guy his money and let's move on. And they did it. And now... I think like most people, this this team, if Purdy is just solid, they aren't just a Super Bowl contender. They're clearly one of the top two or three teams in the NFL. 
Uh, another story that kind of boggles my mind, and speaking of Nick Bosa, this guy's not worth this level, but last year when the Bears traded with the Panthers, uh, I, I forget who he told this to, but or no, Ryan Poles, I, I think might have told Peter King, one of our big things was, beside draft picks, we were getting one of your top three players. And it was Derek Brown, Brian Burns, and DJ Moore. We wanted one of those three players. And the Panthers decided, like, we'll give you the wide receiver because it's harder to get defensive linemen. And that's true. But with that mindset, and part of it, DJ was already under contract. He's an excellent player, helps out Justin Fields. Easy trade, right, For, from the Bears side. I'd, I'd want DJ Moore, too. But looking back, shouldn't the Panthers have just traded them Brian Burns? Clearly, they're going to extend when they can Derek Brown. He's a really, really good player. And obviously, DJ Moore was a really good player for them under a very cost-controlled, team-friendly deal. Well, Brian Burns, in theory, you're like, edge rusher, you never let that guy go. They won't pay him. They're clearly not on the same page. Like, this should be a no-brainer. This deal, the moment you made that trade, you should have been able to extend him. So this notion, and I've seen this, all these stories coming out of practice that, like, you know, he's holding in, he's not showing up. Like, isn't this kind of on the Panthers? Don't they feel a little herky-jerky right now? The owner is one of the greatest stock traders in the history of America. David Tepper is one of the truly great financial minds America has ever seen. It's been a little weird since he's on the team, though. It, it really has. And they had the option, like, if you knew that you think he's a little overvalued, you're never going to pay him a premium, why didn't you trade Brian Burns? Roll with DJ, get him with your rookie quarterback, you have a D lineman, and then find a way to get other D linemen, you know, as years go. But if you're going to keep the two guys, they should be no-brainer players that you're extending. And clearly, they're not a, Brian Burns is not a no-brainer extension for you because you can't come to terms. So that situation is a little bizarre to me. And I do think it kind of reflects just in general the Panthers and David Tepper just, they don't feel like a very fluid, consistent organization. Like I said, very herky-jerky. Where if you've ever read about him, uh, the way he's operated, he's not a herky-jerky guy. So uh, this shows you. I don't care if you're worth billions of dollars and you're Warren Buffett. Owning these sports franchises are not easy. You can't fix all these problems. Your greatest asset in most of these people's lives are their companies, are the widgets that they're creating, on top of the you know, the people in those walls. But for the most part, it's especially these financial guys or these tech guys. You start dealing with pro sports teams, especially NFL teams, your most valuable assets are the players and your coaches, a.k.a. people. And they're all wired a little differently. And it feels like this Tepper situation is just weird. I mean, I think they're going to be terrible this year. And I, I just, going back, if they had a redo on that one, would they have just traded... Brian Burns, and kept DJ and the D-tackle. A couple other stories I wanted to bang out really quick. Just the two wide receivers for the Packers, Dobbs and Watson, both have hamstring issues. Uh, Not ideal going into a game that, let's face it, very fascinating game, Packers-Bears. It it really is. Uh, Because everyone's just going to want to watch Fields and Jordan Love. What does the Jordan Love era look like? And has Justin Fields turned into a real player? But it's going to be hard to judge Jordan Love if his two freaking best wide receivers are on the sideline with hamstring issues. So that's that's something to monitor. Been saying this forever, and we'll get into the Rams here in a second. The Rams situation, I, I'm out. I am. Cooper Cup's officially out. I think Sean McVay said earlier today. And uh, RDC and specialists. And anytime that you have to admit you're seeing a specialist in any walk of life, 
that's a red flag. Usually someone's sick, something's not going well, marriage is in trouble. Uh, so that's not good. Uh, Joe Burrow said he's back. Uh, it's big. You know, this is a guy that I would imagine a lot of people are going to pick to win the MVP. And if Joe Burrow's healthy, they're every bit as good as anybody. And last but not least, the bizarre situation going on. It, listen, I, I've been around the Raiders for a long time. Weird stuff just happens. It is just inevitable. Even when it feels like, God, they've had a really good preseason. Odd though. I, I was tempted. Could I pick the Raiders to be like the seven seed? Could they get to 10 and seven? Jimmy Garoppolo and the Raiders? And then yesterday, Chandler Jones, who one time on synthetic weed went in naked to a police precinct and Belichick traded him like a week later to the Cardinals, went on this bizarre Instagram rant. And then today, Josh McDaniel says he has not been around the last two days, but he refusing to talk about it. It's just, it's always something with the Raiders, man. It, it, it It's always something with them. And part of it, you know, you get in business with certain players. There are risks that you bring into your building, but this when it finally felt like, God, it's like the Raiders are, are kind of, am I a believer? It's like, I don't know. You can never trust him. Let's go through the NFC and AFC. I'll pick divisions, and then I'll pick my wild cards. I was tempted, like I said, the Raiders, the Broncos. Could I go like the Packers? This might be pretty boring. I, I went a lot of chalk. Let's start with the AFC. The Kansas City Chiefs have won the division every single year since Peyton Manning left the NFL. That, that, that is two Alex Smith seasons. They have been winning the AFC West since the middle of the 2010s, right? So 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I'm obviously recording this probably less than 48 hours away from their first game. A little weird. Travis Kelsey gets injured. Their best defensive player is holding out. You would have to be insane to not pick the Chiefs to win this division. Until they don't win the division, I'm picking them. I just am. So I'm going Kansas City. Andy Mahomes, I trust. The AFC South. People thought I was being too hard on the Titans, and I, over the course of the month, I would agree they are much feistier than I've probably given them credit for. They're more likely to win eight, nine games probably than three or four. I, I will admit that. And Vrabel, anytime you have a fantastic coach, you are a threat. But the Jags have a coach who out-dueled Belichick in the Super Bowl. So the Jags coach is real, and their quarterback, I think, is going to be like in the MVP consideration. I'm taking the Jags. So I'm going Chiefs, Jags. This is my favorite pick. I, I think this team, and I, I'm not alone. I've seen a lot of love for this team. I think definitely has a chance to compete for the number one seed. I think is a 12-plus win team. I think defensively they are going to be elite. And I think offensively they are going to build off the way they finished last year. And I'm not even the biggest Kenny Pickett guy coming out of the draft. But talk to Cam Hayward this offseason. He believes in them. He just has to be solid. Like once your team is really good, you don't obviously you would love Mahomes or Josh Allen, but like you can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. You can win with Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins. You can win with a quarterback that's somewhere between 10 and 15. And if he's able to function in that world because they got talent everywhere, their offensive line should be vastly improved. Even if Najee Harris is not the player that I once thought he would be, they have the other guy, Warren, who's going 95 miles an hour. We know they got wide receivers. And again, defense, defense. So I'm taking the Steelers in the north and the east. You know, I went all in on them in the offseason and in the summer. And then I started watching Hard Knocks. I'm like, well, they can't block a soul. And then I realized, like, what if they just have the best defense in the league? They are a top five rushing team. And oh, yeah, they don't have one of the best quarterbacks all of all time. They have one of the smartest quarterbacks of all time. Who, let's face it, 
has a lot of credit he can earn. We saw it with Tom Brady. And I know the argument is the Bucs offensive line when Tom got there was much better. I agree. And definitely much more reliable. But what Tom had that year, and remember, it was rocky early because him and Arians weren't on the same page. They had to figure out their offense. When you're great and you got a chip on your shoulder, I, I, I'm i picking the Jets. I, I am. And I, I think their defense, I think they're going to have the best pass rush in the league. Obviously, Sauce, I think, is easily a top, I mean, either the best or top two corner in the league. So you can rush the passer and you have a corner who can take away the entire side of the field. Uh, and you got Aaron Rodgers with a chip on his shoulder with a lot of talent around him, plus really good running backs. Uh, Robert Sala has to prove it. Totally agree. And betting on Robert Sala over Sean McDermott, who has proven it, even Mike McDaniels last year was able to get to the playoff game. It's risky. But I, I'm sticking with the Jets. That was my gut instinct a month ago. Started pivoting. I'm going to stick with the Jets. My wild cards, like I, like, I don't think there's a huge separation between the Bills and the Jets. And anytime Josh Allen, obviously they could easily win the division. They've been winning it the last three years. Uh, the question with them is just going to be the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. If you got Josh Allen healthy, you're making the playoffs. Same with Joe Burrow. And again, like the Bills and the Bengals, like they're right there with the Steelers and the Jets. So Bills, Bengals, it's not like I'm diminishing. I, I think they're both good. And I think both of them could win the AFC. And last but not least, don't love the coach, but I'm picking Herbert to win the MVP. Like, I, I think they could win 11 games, 12 games. Chiefs, you know, probably just get them on a on a tiebreaker or sweep them or whatever. So I'm going with the Chiefs to win the division just because you have to. But I, I, I'm picking Herbert to win the MVP. So I got the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chargers as my wild card teams. And uh, until someone knocks out KC, I'm just taking a KC. I'm prepared to be wrong. I, I do I do like Pittsburgh, uh, but it, it, how do I pull the trigger? Kenny Pickett over Mahomes? And I know, you know, Kelsey could be limping around out there. Chris Jones could be at home eating ice cream. Uh, until someone KOs the Chiefs, I'm just I'm just rolling with them. The NFC. Uh, this one's pretty easy to, with me on the West, the Niners. I mean, they, they proved it last year. They swept Seattle. They swept the division. Obviously, Arizona's going to be terrible. I think the Rams could even be worse when the injuries really start kicking in here. And the Niners swept Seattle three times because they played them in a playoff game as well. So I like Seattle. But I can't. I know Colin picked him the way to do a division. I know some other people picked him to win the division. This is not like a homer bias pick. I just I think the Niners are better. Um, the NFC South. My Fresno State Bulldog Jake Hayner got suspended six games for PEDs. Luckily, he's a third string quarterback. I think the Saints have absolutely no excuse not to win this division. There's no way I can pick Atlanta. I don't like their quarterback at all. There's no way I can pick Carolina. They just got weird stuff going on, and. And Tampa obviously is going to stink as well. So I this one, I, I don't even see how you go outside the box on this one. I guess maybe Atlanta, if somehow Ritter proves to be like some Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones level player. I don't see that. Uh, I'm going with the Saints. I think Derek Carr, I think he's going to have a good season. Uh, the NFC North, to me this one's pretty easy. Like I, I don't understand the people that don't like the Lions. Their offense is excellent, like elite. Their offense is fantastic. Like I, their offense is going to dominate. And then defensively, yeah, they got some question marks. Obviously, their secondary some question marks. Their defensive line could kick some serious ass. I expect Aiden Hutchinson to have that classic second year, like 15-plus sacks. I think Aiden Hutchinson, when the dust settles this year, feels like a fringe all-pro level guy. right? There's that top group, right? Bosa, TJ Watt, if you want, you know, Parsons a linebacker, but he's in that group. The elite edge rushers. I think Aiden, his Miles Garrett, his name's going to be talked about 
at least entering kind of where those guys sit at the table. You know, like, hey, you guys got an extra seat for me? I think that conversation is going to start. I, I don't like the Lions. I love the Lions. I, I think they win that division pretty easily. Who, who else are you going to pick? Like, one of my bold takes is I don't think Jordan loves the quarterback in 2024 for the Packers. The Bears, like, I'm sorry. Even if Fields is better than he was last year, their defense could be hideous. It could be terrible. I think their defense is going to be awful. To me, the Bears, even if things go well, are much closer to an 8-win team than they are, like, 10. And, yeah, the Vikings. The Vikings would make me a little nervous for sure. Cousins is the most proven quarterback in the division. Uh, I know Goff has gotten farther in the playoffs, but Cousins' numbers relative to Goff, even though last year they were basically very similar. Um, I'm not. I actually kind of like the Vikings more this year than I did last year. You get Brian Flores a little better on defense, but that one score game, I think they come back to earth. I, I think you can win this division at ten and seven, and that's what I think the Lions do. But they're just a very solid team on a weekly basis. And then I think on the East, I'm going outside the box a little bit. I think everyone's picking the Eagles. I love the Eagles too. Like I'm not acting like the Eagles aren't going to be sweet this year. I'm just going with Dallas. Uh, I, I think Dallas, a lot like I said with the Jets, like the 49ers and the Steelers, are going to have an elite defense. They are awesome at every level. Uh, offensively, obviously McCarthy's some question marks, right? He's calling the plays. He gets rid of Kellen Moore. But how would the Eagles not have the same? They, they have a brand new coordinator on offense and defense. So what the Cowboys have is consistency on defense. All the same players back, same coordinator back. I think we all acknowledge now Fangio and – some of the top defensive coordinator, I'm trying to think. Brian Flores, uh, D'Amico was that. He moved on. He's a head coach now. Isn't Dan Quinn viewed in that level? Like he, He's an elite defensive coordinator. So I'm going with Dallas. Now, I love that division. Part of it is I think the Eagles and the winner of this division could be like 12, 11, 10. That's why I like the Eagles and the Giants both to make wildcard spots. I actually don't think there's that much crazy turnover in the NFC. And typically every year, right, you got new teams in, new teams out. Most of these teams... Like, in the NFC, the Niners were in it, the Cowboys were in it, the Eagles were in it, the Giants were in it, Seattle was in it. Like, those are the teams I'm taking. Obviously, the Saints flip-flop with Tampa, and Detroit flip-flops with Minnesota, but I really don't have that much crazy turnover in my playoff teams because, like, how am I betting against all these sweet quarterbacks? You know, I guess you could be like, well, Sean Payton. Sean Payton told Russell Wilson, stop being a politician. You're not running for office. <laughs> you don't change who you are at 34 with $100 million in the bank. So it's like, I'm out on that. The Raiders, I, I kind of wanted to believe, I kind of wanted to pick them over the Chargers, and then one of their starting pass rushers has just gone AWOL. So I, I, that's, and they're the Raiders. So I, how am I supposed to pick? Listen, I don't like Brandon Staley either, but they got Justin Herbert. And I like him a lot more than Jimmy Garoppolo. So Philly, Giants, Seattle. I think it's playoffs. I mean, I'm going Chiefs, Niners. Obviously, the Kansas City has some question marks right now. We got to get Travis Kelsey healthy. We got to get Chris Jones eventually in. But as long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are with Kansas City, I just I just can't bet against them, right? So until they lose the Super Bowl, like I'm picking them again. I just am. Niners, Chiefs, Super Bowl. Little part do. I'm taking Kansas City. <laughs> The best Thursday of the year is coming up, and it's all about NFL opening night. Football is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is hooking every new customer up with a can't-miss offer to celebrate. Place your first $5 NFL bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day in September. Check the app to see what you get. Don't wait till kickoff to get in on the hype. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code JOHN, J-O-H-N. 
New customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5. That's promo code JOHN, J-O-H-N, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's go mailbag. Very easy to get in this bad boy. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram fire in the DMs. What's up? Probably no, but the solo pod posted yesterday doesn't look like it's saved on Apple. It got taken down and put back up. So we we should, if you're listening to this on Thursday, we have a podcast on Tuesday, we have a podcast on Wednesday, and we have today. So it, they're all up. Uh, just some logistical stuff we are uh, that we had to work through. But it's it's all up there now. Real question. Did Kelsey hit the age cliff? Injury, not great, right before the season. Totally agree there. We all think about the Patriots and compare them to the Chiefs, but the Patriots had arguably three separate dynasty runs. Time for the Chiefs to start thinking about what life will be without Kelsey. 
And I hope this includes some real receiving options besides Sky Moore and MVS. I'm honestly going to chalk up the Kelsey thing to a little freak injury because I ran into him at the golf course probably six months ago. I thought he looked fantastic. Uh, Just seeing clips in practice sure looks good to me. I think hyperextending a knee, I I would chalk it up to a freak deal. Now, if the season goes and he doesn't look like the same guy once he gets healthy, and as I'm recording this, I think it's more than up in the air that he's going to play on Thursday, uh, yeah, then I think it's okay to ask that question when the season ends. But I, I don't think he's ever shown any signs of slowing down. Not even close, to be honest with you. I'd push back there in terms of worrying about him. Is it just me or is there a ton of NFL quarterback talent in college football this year? Like more than usual. I feel like the next two quarterback classes could be insane. Would love to hear your perspective as a former scout. Knicks, Sanders, McCarthy, Penix, Williams, May, Rattler, question. Yeah, I think I'd make him a question. The Penn State guy I haven't watched. Milton in Tennessee I haven't watched. Ewers, I'm still up in the air on. Hartman looks sweet. I was talking to someone the other day. I'm like, how did Florida end up with Graham Mertz? And this person in college football was like, because they went all in on Sam Hartman, and they didn't really have a backup plan. And then he went to Notre Dame. That's what I love about the transfer portal with quarterbacks. It's like free agency. You put all your chips in the middle of the table, and then the guy pivoted. Uh, Dart, Cam Rising, Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I think you listed a decent amount of first-rounders and a lot of mid-round picks. So anytime that you get that many, that much talent, I, I'm with you. Just a ton of guys. I have two college quarterback mailbag questions for you. Is DJ Ungule a legit NFL prospect? These announcers act like he's a love child of Elway and Tom Brady, but he couldn't hack it at Clemson. Also, I know Notre Dame hasn't played anybody, but Sam Hartman is a legit NFL prospect question? I would say the thing with DJ, Oregon State's going to be really good. Their coach, Jonathan Smith, is a stud. We just got to watch him play real teams. And that, to me, is Oregon, Washington, does Oregon State play Utah this year? Obviously, USC. Once I see him play top-notch competition, Jonathan Smith is a real offensive mind. So he's going to make DJ look better. Now, the knock on DJ is he kind of played like Trey Lance plays. Very robotic, no feel. I watched a little bit of the game against San Jose State. Clearly threw three touchdowns, ran for two as well. He looked, I would say, a little better, but like you said, the competition, to me, hard to judge. Could he be drafted in the late rounds? For sure. But right now, it'd be hard to call him, quote-unquote, a legit NFL prospect. The only knock on Hartman that anyone ever says is his age. I think he's 24 years old. Let me look this up. So Sam Hartman is 24 years old. Does Wiki have his actual birthday? July 20. So he just turned 24. So if you draft Hartman next year, he will be 25. So he's older, right? I mean, I think Lamar Jackson's 25 years old. Nick Bosa's 25 years Obviously, he's a little old. But if he is really good, and like DJ at a higher level, Notre Dame's going to play a ton of big-time teams. And how he looks in those games, if he dominates, what if he goes toe-to-toe with Caleb Williams? I mean, that that could easily happen. And if he does, people are going to like him. And yeah, is it ideal, like Chris Winky, what was the guy's name, Brandon Whedon? I don't want to draft 27, 28-year-old quarterbacks. But if he's really good and he's going to be 25, is it crazy to take him in the second round? I definitely think that's on the table right now, that he is 
someone is just very intriguing to a lot of people. Here you speak about finance a lot. Do you invest in realty income? The stock has really been crashing and I was wondering if this is the time to buy. I don't. I, I haven't. I honestly don't really know much about it. Not against real estate stock. Is that a, is that a commercial real estate stock or like a REIT or like a uh, like a home builder stock? I don't I honestly I don't I don't have the answer cuz I don't know much about it. Okay, long-time listener. I personally think we made a big mistake by signing Derek Carr. I think he's good, but good isn't good enough, especially with a coach that is nothing more than a good DC. I think we should have signed someone more mediocre like a Mayfield or Darnold and end up with a good quarterback in next year's draft and hire a new offensive coach. I just think Carr will win enough games to keep us out of the top quarterback picks. Would love to hear your opinion. I see what you're saying, but you guys weren't going to operate like that. You've invested too much money into players. You made the crazy draft pick last year that cost you a high pick. Mickey Loomis is not trying to lose. And listen, I have more than enough questions on Dennis Allen, but you have no excuse not to win this division. And anytime you win a division, you host a playoff game. So to me, if you win the division, and there's obviously if you win the division at 7-10, and 10, that's an embarrassment. But if you are a double-digit win team, 10-11 wins, host a playoff game, if you host a playoff game, now even if that's Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, you might even be the underdog in that game. But you can win at home. That place is bananas. It's a very tough place to play. I would say if you win the division and host a playoff game and definitely win it, that's a very, very successful season. And that's better, way better for the fan base than doing what you want to do, which they were just not going to do. I'm a UPS driver in El Paso. I've been there. And your podcast is my go-to any chance you put one out. I like this guy. Excited for all the content coming from the NFL season is upon us. Now that Bosa got paid, what do you think Parsons' landscape looks like? Well, now that Nick blew so far by all the other guys that are like $100 and $105 million, and he's at that 122 guaranteed spot, I think Parsons, you know, if he has another really good year, is somewhere between $125 and $130 million. So that's what makes this season very interesting for the Cowboys. We have a ballpark of what Micah Parsons is going to get paid. 125 130 guaranteed. 170 175 $180 million contract. Well, Jerry has openly discussed, we're extending Dak. We're extending Dak. We're going to pay Dak. That is going to happen. So next offseason or this offseason and next offseason, I meant like during the season and then in March, April, they're going to give... $320 million or whatever, you know, I don't know exact guarantee, but what's that guarantee? At minimum, 180 Parsons getting 130 That's a lot of guaranteed money to be given out, especially when you factor in how much money they've just given out this training camp. Gave Martin a boost, paid Diggs, paid Hooker. Jerry's been cutting a lot of checks. As a diehard Raider fan, why does this organization always have drama? Going back to Marcus Allen and more recently, A.B., and now it seems like Chandler Jones. I would think him being a piece of the McDaniels-Ziegler players that he would be the last dude to be drama. Anyways, not sure what you think this year. It always seems like my Raiders are unstable. Oh, well, I'm not going to jump ship like that silly New England fan. You can't make this up. I will say this, and I remember a couple years ago I wanted the Niners to side Chandler Jones because he is a freak talent. He's really, really good but he's kind of a question mark. And we don't have the details on this situation, but 
when you sign question marks, you can't be totally stunned. Now, the Marcus Allen situation was before my time. I've heard some rumors over the years, but I don't know. You'd have to ask like Howie Long or people that were actually there what the hell was going on. The A.B. situation, like, shocking Antonio Brown went nut job. You know, so when you sign crazy people, or when you sign character flags, or draft character flags, and then you get issues, you cannot be shocked. When you sign high-level, high-character guys, you usually don't have problems, right? Now, anyone at any moment can have a situation, but I think the Raiders are a good example of, they sign guys with some baggage. And when you sign guys with some baggage, sometimes that baggage comes to fruition. And then that baggage is week one, and you're preparing for the Denver Broncos. And then before even practice, shit starts hitting the fan. Usually comes back to ownership and leadership. Been a listener since the beginning. God, I like you guys. I'm in the league, and I'm wondering which to start, wide receiver. Jordan Addison versus the Bucks, or Jackson Smith versus the Rams? Love the pod. That's a pretty good question. See, this is why I'm not a good fantasy guy. I think I'd go Jackson Smith against the Rams. I think the Rams' defense is not going to be good. This guy clearly dominated in practice. Yeah, I'd, I'd go I'd go in Jigba. Curious to hear your opinion on this NIL situation. Former Florida football defensive lineman, Gervin Dexter Sr., I think he was drafted by the Bears, is suing has filed a lawsuit in Gainesville contending that his future earnings clause in a NIL deal he signed violated laws. Per the terms of the deal, Dexter signed with Big League Advanced Fund LLC. Got that one, red flag. A company based in Delaware, Dexter would forfeit 15% of his future NFL earnings for the next 25 years. Dexter signed the deal in March 22. I think that these deals are probably so prevalent throughout college football. I actually stumbled upon Shiloh Sanders' page, his Instagram page, and one of his NIL deals, clearly they had set it up. This guy was like interviewing him, but he was in on the on the video, basically asking Shiloh, does he know that he has to pay taxes on all his NIL deals? And it was an ad for TurboTax. And I've always thought, like, I wonder if a lot of these kids realize that when you get a 1099 of 100 grand, of 300 grand, of 600 grand, like you get taxed on some of that, depending on where you live, a quarter of that, half of it, who knows? And I wonder if some of these guys are going to get in murky water because if you gave me 200 grand at 19 years old, I'd probably blow it all. I wouldn't know that I have to pay taxes. And then clearly, you have these shady operations that are fronting money, which I, I thought was a loan shark, but I guess if the way they're doing this, it's not illegal. These kids don't even realize what they don't even realize. No one does. Most guys at 17 to 22 aren't exactly Warren Buffett with an Excel spreadsheet mapping out their life. We kind of live day to day. Most, I don't care if you play football in Florida or you're a student at, you know, Chico State. Shout out Mark Davis. He's an alumni there. You do, would do dumb deals. So when I say, hey, I'll give you 400 grand. You just sign all this paperwork. And in that paperwork, it has shit like that. I think that is happening probably all over the place. It happened to some baseball players. One thing I read is it was based on net income in the NFL. So if you sign for $20 million, you owe me 15% of that $20 million, even though anyone knows 
you don't actually get the $20 million. You only get 12 or whatever, right, after taxes. So anytime money is involved, right, in any industry that's big money, millions of dollars, and then you factor in young people, it could be music, it could be athletics, it could be anything, crypto, you get shady shit happening. And you get shady operators involved because they can prey on people. So I think we're going to see more and more of these type stories where a guy got screwed or a guy got taken advantage of. And, you know, this is the hard part. And I don't know the details on this besides what I just read. What if someone came to you if you were 20 years old? You're the starting linebacker at, let's say, Michigan or LSU. I'm going to offer you a million dollars. And it's pretty clear, like, you're going to be, you know, Micah Parsons or Nick Bosa. But maybe not even that. Maybe because I think those guys would have enough people around them to maybe help. But maybe they don't. And go, hey, I'll give you a million dollars cash right now. Sign this stuff. And you go, shit, you're giving me a million dollars cash right now? You sign it. And it's one of those deals. But what if you actually signed it? You know, you'd have to get some really good lawyers to fight. And at the end of the day, maybe they know that best case that they're going to get payouts. You're going to get some you know, buyouts, like, hey, you just cut me a couple million dollars and we'll go away. Sucks. You know, this this NIL deal where there's no rules or regulations involved, I know technically they have some, but no one's following any of it, is just ripe for craziness. Quick question. Is Cincinnati and Seattle a good dark horse pick for the Super Bowl? Might be worth future bets. Here to me would be fantastic, you know, if you're not going to go Niners or Eagles, People are going to think I'm crazy, but I don't think Dallas is a crazy bet. I don't think Pittsburgh's a crazy bet. And as long as you got Burrow and Josh Allen, I mean, the Bills and the Bengals, you get start quarterbacks. Like, look at the history of the guys that make the Super Bowl. It's usually studs. I mean, Brady and Manning made it forever. And I'm not saying Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are Brady and Manning yet, but it feels like they're on that trajectory. I mean, we're just the re- the reason I'm taking the Chiefs, why? They got Mahomes. What am I supposed to do? Bet against Mahomes? So yeah, I, I, not bad value at all. Okay, a couple more questions. Started listening to the Go Low podcast, and now three and out. Golfer. Which team do you feel has the best value to win 10 games and have a chance at the Super Bowl? Thanks, and let's win some money this season. Uh, I mean, I, I think the Steelers, I really like the Steelers. I, I think they're going to be really, really good. You know, I, I bet, imagine the Jets' odds aren't great. Um, it's hard to pick Detroit, but it's not like Jared Goff's never been there. Now, the Rams' defense was a lot better, at least in the secondary, than this Detroit team. So I, I'd probably say Steelers. I'm an Australian who, over the last few years, has really got into the NFL. Happy to have you, mate. But I don't have a team. I followed whoever Brady was playing for, but now need to choose someone. I'm tossing between the Lions, as I'm a fan of the coach, Chicago, as I've followed Justin Fields since watching QB1 and still feel like has plenty of upside, and the Broncos, mainly because of Shannon Sharp and Manning being great listening to now. Do you have any advice on how to pick? This this has to be a pretty fun exercise. You know, most of us that live here in the States, like I'm sure you in Australia, when you root for your hometown teams, it just comes natural. You usually root for a team that where you grow up or a parent or a brother or someone likes, right? You gravitate to it. I can't imagine being older, not having a team, just being like, I want a team. I kind of honestly did that in college football with Alabama. It's like, I just like Nick Saban. 
So I've just watched their games for the last decade just because I enjoy kicking. I didn't really have a college football team. I'm kind of a college football nomad like that. I think my team this year is Washington. I'm just not going to miss their games because I love Penix. But that's a good question. Um, I think I'd probably go with Detroit or Chicago because if that team ever wins a Super Bowl, let's just say in the next five, ten years somehow, especially in Detroit, it would be the most incredible accomplishment we've ever seen. If the Detroit Lions win the Super Bowl one day, especially with Dan Campbell, it'd be an all-time sports story. Now, I would say they're better than the Bears, so your chances of just being good right away are better. But I don't think you can go wrong with Detroit or Chicago. The Broncos, you know, I'd go Detroit or Chicago. Would you think the Niners would ever consider a Nick Bosa trade for the Raiders with Max Crosby and a first? Raiders get the best pass rusher in the game, and the Niners get an elite pass rusher on a much cheaper deal top 15 pick, potentially. I don't think the Raiders would do that. Hear me out. I think Nick Bosa is a better player than Max, but Max is pretty freaking good. And Max is on easily one of the best contracts in the NFL. And the Raiders still need a lot of talent, so that first-round pick is very valuable. So you have Max Crosby, This is if we just factor in before he signed, on a much, much cheaper deal than Nick Bosa. So even though if if Max is an 8.5 and, and Nick Bosa is a 10, it's like, well, when you factor in the money, he's $10 million cheaper. And that first-round pick is very, very valuable to you. So I think both sides would say no. I think the 49ers, Bosa's their guy, cool with paying them. Obviously, they did. And I think the Raiders go, listen, the gap isn't that wide. We love our guy, and he's way cheaper. And we need first-round Have you seen some of the guys we play on defense? So we need to get Max some help. We can't afford to give around away first-round picks. But I like what you're thinking there. Uh, I, I really do. Max Crosby, right now, go Google his contract, is easily one of the best deals in all of the NFL. Okay, last question. As a fellow Arizonian, I really enjoy your podcast. Listen to it every day. Do you think Caleb Williams might stay at USC for one more year to avoid getting drafted by the Cardinals? Well, obviously, Kaler's, Caleb, his father, did an interview, I think, with GQ, gave a bunch of quotes about like you know how the NFL, like, yeah, Caleb, Caleb's dad. In the NFL, you go to the worst team. We've all been following the draft our entire lives. In college football, the best players usually go to the best teams. It's the opposite. Now, I didn't read that much into it because I think he was specifically talking about the Cardinals. It's like he watched that Jonathan Gannon video. right? He wants no part of that. But part of it is Caleb's never going to go to a sweet team because all the sweet teams, they all have quarterbacks, and they all draft in the 20s. So they can try to go Eli Manning, and I would expect them to do that if they did not want to go to the place that's drafting one. But even if you don't go one, you still go two or three, right? Or you get do the trade thing. So it's it's not like you end up with the you're on the Chiefs or the 49ers. That's just not going to happen. So I, I think that was specifically they want no part of the Arizona Cardinals. That that would be my guess. But what if I told you the L.A. Rams had the worst record? Is he cool with going to Sean McVay? Because I bet he would be. The other thing is, if you go one, you do get more money. And I understand Caleb is making $5 million. Google how much the number one overall pick in the NFL makes. It's like $40 million guaranteed. And then if you're good, you immediately... The other thing is, you start your clock. Why do NBA guys always join the go to the draft? Right? Because they, it's like they want to start their clock for their second contract. 
So it's like, yeah, you can go back to USC for another $5 million. Or you can just go into the NFL draft, kick ass, and in three years sign for $200 million guaranteed. And then with the two contracts, have already made $250 million. So I, I, I think it's easy to say that now. I think they're under no circumstances that Caleb Williams ever plays another year at USC. I'd be stunned. I, I really would. Risk getting injured. You're going to the, uh, I almost said the SEC. They're going to the Big Ten next year. U- USC is not in the SEC. They're going to the Big Ten. But it's, listen, I, I know everyone, especially a guy like him, are making a lot of money. You make way more money in the NFL. Way more money. And newsflash, you do not have to go to class. Now, you could argue you ain't going to class now. I don't know. Some guys go to class, some guys don't. But, and listen, I, Caleb, what's what's he going to learn in class? It's about football. He's a, He's going to be a pro football player. Uh, as he should be, but I think it's easy. I, you know, I heard in the recruiting circles. I think Caleb's dad is pretty active in this whole thing, and you know, sometimes you want to feel important. And I'm not even saying he's wrong. I'm sure they've had discussions. Caleb Williams will be in this draft now. Does he refuse to go to a certain team? I'm all for that. I'd find that very interesting. It'd be a great story. I'd love to talk about it. But I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Have a great day. Enjoy the game tonight. Let's roll, baby. Volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.